Okay, so we will begin, and we are um, going through slowly, you know, Perik by Perik, chapter by chapter, going through Tanya, and we're holding tonight by Perik Dalid, chapter 4. Um, and chap- chapter 4 is a direct continuation of the discussion of the Nefesh Ho'elikis, the godly soul, right? Uh, very quick, in the end of Perik Aleph, in the end of chapter 1, the Alter Rebbe introduced us to the concept of two souls, the godly soul, the Nefesh Ho'elikis, versus the Nefesh HaTivis, Nefesh HaBahamis, the animal natural soul. Um, and he spoke for a little bit about the animal soul, but then in the beginning of chapter 2, he introduced us to the godly soul. So in chapter 2, is primarily the essence of what the godly soul, where it comes from. We talked about being a chelok, a lokami malmamash, a part of Hashem. We talked about even though there are different levels of souls, how they come and develop differently, but ultimately they all come from the same place. And every soul at its essence, at its core, is a part of Hashem above. That was, that was what chapter 2 was about. Chapter 3, which we discussed last week, was about the soul powers, or perhaps the makeup of the soul. So whereas chapter 2 was the essence of the soul, chapter th- 3 was the makeup, the components. We talked about the 10 attributes of the soul. We talked about the, in- the intellectual versus the emotional attributes, the 3 versus the 7 we talked about how intellect is considered, is called the mother, the one who develops the midos, the emotions that come from it. And all that was chapter 3. And we went a little bit to Chachman, Bina, and Das in the end of chapter 3. And all that is the backdrop to today, which is chapter 4. And chapter 4 deals with, if we'd have to give, if we'd have to label or give it a name, the garments of the soul. That's how it's called in Hasidus. The garments or the levushim, the garments of the soul. What does that mean, the garments of a soul? And garments, really we would probably usually call them the expressions. The way that the soul expresses itself. So if we, if we divide up the prakim, as we've just done, we have the essence of the soul, we have the soul powers, and we have the garments. So the garments... It's, it's almost like the soul powers, I've heard someone say, is like the hard drive. The soul powers is what it's made up of, the chachma, the bina, das. But how does it express itself? And the soul expresses itself through three basic vehicles of expression called the three levushim, and they are famously machshava, dibur, and maase, thought, speech, and deed. So that thought, speech, and deed, or, or action, are the ways that we express what our soul really understands or feels. And this is something that we can easily understand and relate to, because if we, um, if we give someone a gift, so what are we expressing? Right? We give someone a gift, we're expressing a feeling of love, a feeling of appreciation, a feeling, right? So the act of buying the gift and giving the gift is only an act. But that act is expressive of a feeling. And the same is when we talk words, we're expressing feelings. I feel something about whatever, and whatever I feel, positive or negative, I express that in words. So the words are expressions of my feelings, or they're expressions of what I understand. Um, sometimes we feel something too deeply to express them in words. Right? We say, like, I can't express how much I feel about something. Right? Because sometimes the feeling is so powerful that the expression feels small or incomplete. It's not able to really express the depth of that emotion or that thought that one has in their head. But 
be that as it may, the words or the actions are expressions of the feelings and understanding that we have in our soul. And the same is with machshava, which is thought. And this is sometimes gets confusing. When you think about thought versus wisdom and understanding. Right? And I'm going to get a drop abstract for a moment. What's the difference between thought versus wisdom? Or thought versus understanding? So understanding is the concept. Thinking about it is a tool, is an expression of the concept. Which means, let's try, let's try to understand this. A concept, does a concept have language? Is there a difference, the same concept which is taught in Hebrew or Spanish or English or Yiddish? The concept is the same. But nevertheless, when one thinks about it, they're thinking in their language. Because thinking is not the concept. Thinking is the tool with which we think about our concepts and which we um, express them even to ourselves and help ourselves understand them better by thinking about it and thinking more about it. So thinking is a tool just like words are a tool and just like actions are a tool. And that's why sometimes we might think and sometimes we might not think, right? The, what we understand, we always understand. But whether we're thinking about it or not, whether we're using that form of expression, that tool is up to us. Can you give some practical examples? Yeah. Um, a person, again, let, let's, I'm going to use again the same example I just sort of said, which is if five people are sitting around the table, they all learned the same concept. Mm-hmm. So they all know exactly the same concept, right? They all know whatever, whatever concept that they just learned, that they studied, that idea in Tanya or the idea in a Sefer they learned. But then each one is thinking about it. Mm-hmm. When they're thinking about the concept, you think with words. Right. You think in a language, uh-huh. right? The concept doesn't have a language. The concept is deeper than language. The concept is a concept, mm-hmm. right? So the thought is the vehicle with which I think about the concept that I understand. So if I want to think about it more, or I want to think about it less, or I want to think about something else, these are, I turn them on or off. I turn my thoughts just like I could turn my words, I can talk or not talk. I can do or not do. I could also think or not think about a concept. Mm-hmm. Because these are tools that we use, expressions that we use. I'm just, I'm just trying to categorize these three levushim, as the Tanya calls them, the, the um, garments of the soul, are tools versus soul powers. And that's the important thing to understand about chapter 4 versus chapter 3 versus chapter 2. Again, these three chapters really that we learned two weeks ago, last week, and today are three aspects, three uniquely different aspects of understanding the nefesh, the soul, and specifically the godly soul, as we'll see in a moment, how it works. And I'm being, uh, being a little repetitious, but chapter 2 is the essence of the soul. Chapter 3 is the 10 soul powers, the makeup of the soul. And chapter 4 is the three expressions of the soul, the thought, speech, and deed. The way we think, the way we speak, and the way we do. Okay. Now, being that we're talking... It's, it, you, you talked last week also about expressions in the sense from the three emotional and giving and sharing and yisayid and tiferes and all that other stuff as it's intertwined and I might not be expressing the right ones, but that it seems like this is an extension of that as so, well. So good. Like, so, so let me explain. These garments, just like physical garments, we enclose ourselves in those garments. Right? So we have garments. Garments, we can change the garments into something else. But when we wear garments, we enclose ourselves, our entire self become enclosed and express ourselves through our garments. So when the soul 
you know, let, let's, let's, if you, I think we'll understand it better by being more practical. The soul loves Hashem. That's wonderful. He has a tremendous love to Hashem. So what do I do about it? I'll go and do a mitzvah. So that act of mitzvah is an action. It's an expression. It's an act. But what's enclosed in the act that one does is their avas Hashem, their yiras Hashem, all the deep feelings that they have, they express in doing a mitzvah, in learning Torah. So especially because we're talking about the godly soul. So the godly soul, everything about the godly soul is godly. So when we talked about the soul powers last week, we said it's the chachma of Hashem and the bina of understanding Hashem and the av of loving Hashem. That's the, the, godly soul. the godly soul is made up of 10 soul components that all of them are solely focused on Hashem. The wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the kindness, the severity are all about Hashem. That's the makeup of the soul. Now, how does the soul express that relationship to Hashem? Through doing things, through speaking things, and through thinking things. Right? The, we're expressing our feelings in actions. Right? Now, to be sure, one could do a mitzvah without any feeling. Right? You could just do it because you got to do it. Because I'm a yid and I'm from, and it says so that that's the halakha, so I do it. So one could do the same act, and it's not expressive of deep emotions. One can do that very same act fully infused with emotion and excitement and passion. The act was the same. Right? Just like in this world, anything, a person could do something, and another person could do the same thing, but with a tremendous passion. Someone could say a speech, and say it very, very cold, and whatever. Someone could say it with full of passion. They said the same words, but what was being expressed was totally different. One said those words and expressed a tremendous amount of passion when they were saying them. One said the same words and read the same speech, and it was cold and was calculated. Two people can have it. Read the same words from the sitter. One can just say the words and, you know, move right on. One can really invest their heart, their soul, their feeling into the words so that those words are so much more meaningful and expressing so much more of a person's inner feelings. So when you do a mitzvah, mm -hmm. there's always feeling in it. There's always expression in it. Even when you do a mitzvah which seemingly looks like no expression or no feeling, there still is feeling and sensation in that. There is. Okay. It might be numbness, yeah. it might be shut there's down. Always some, there's always be, something. I don't care. You know, but there's all, but as long, when there's a behavior like a mitzvah, there's always a feeling behind it. Right. Okay, and always a thought behind it. A thought, is the thought and the feeling two different things? Right. But we're talking about, is the godly soul expressing its feelings in the mitzvah that I'm doing? In other words, everything that we do has feeling behind it. Right. But here we're talking about, the, I have a godly soul. My godly soul has a love for Hashem. Okay. That love for Hashem is looking for a form of expression. How does it express itself? Through doing a mitzvah. Okay. Through learning Torah. So the more... I express my love for Hashem in the mitzvah that I'm doing, the more the godly soul has become enclosed in the mitzvah that I'm doing and expressed in the mitzvah that I'm okay, doing. Okay, so let's say you're just doing the mitzvah. Does that mean the nefesh habaham? Is, is it is part of the mitzvah as opposed to the godly soul? So that means that the godly soul's feelings aren't fully enclosed in this mitzvah at that time. Right? The mitzvah might not be done with a lot of feeling. 
Like you're saying there's always some level of feeling, but we know we know it's very easy to see the difference between someone who does something with a lot of feeling and someone who does something coldly. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot more feeling expressed in that mitzvah when we do it in that way. Can so, I go back for a minute? Because yeah, it sure. seems like machshava is different than deeper mitzvah. That machshava is, 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 it doesn't, it's just a thought. Like deeper and Maisa is much more of an action. And so, so good. Deeper and Maisa in, in Hasidic, he doesn't go into Tanya in detail. But in Hasidic it says that Deeper and Maisa are levushim, are garments that are more disconnected. They're more outward. Like when we do something, it's really separated from us totally. When we speak, it's more connected than action, but it also sort of leaves us. Thoughts are still in our head. Right. So it's a more internal garment. Within gar- yeah, th- thoughts in, in Hasidic language, machshava is called levush hamiyuchad, which means the garment that's most internally connected with the soul. Dibur and Maisa are called levushim nifrodim. They're garments that are more separate and more, I guess, distinguishable from the soul. Again, he doesn't go that he doesn't go into that here in Tanya, but you're making the point, and it's a correct point. Okay, so the point of this chapter is. Amen. Amen is that we have the, the um, I'm sorry, the thought, speech, and deed. The three garments of the godly soul. Another word for them are all of Torah and mitzvahs. All of Torah and mitzvahs are thoughts, speech, and deed. Hashem tells us to do something. Hashem tells us to say something. Hashem tells us to think something. Every, ter- every mitzvah is a commandment. A commandment means do something. That do might be action, it might be speech, it might be thought. But it's an active do that Hashem said we should do. When we're doing mitzvahs, what are we doing? We're investing ourselves into the mitzvahs that we do. Right? So I'm a human being. I have a body, I have a soul, and I'm investing myself, I'm putting myself into this action that I'm doing, these words that I'm saying, this thought that I'm thinking. So again, let's think, let's visualize garments. I get dressed in something, I put on a garment. I am becoming invested, enclosed, surrounded, expressed by a garment. All of the mitzvahs that we do, all of the Torah that we learn, is again always going to be either a thought, or it's going to be words, or it's going to be an action. What's happening is that my soul is investing itself, expressing itself in the thoughts, speech, and deed of Torah and mitzvahs. So, is it me, or is it something that's external to me? Whenever I do something, anything that we do in life, What we do, is that me? No, I opted to do it. I'm expressing myself in that action, in this form of speech, in this form of study. There's me and I'm enveloping, surrounding, enclothing. I'm using all these different words trying to find the right one. But I am investing myself in my thought, speech, and deed. When we're talking about godliness, it's my godly soul investing myself Enclothing myself in Hashem's Torah and mitzvahs. That's something. Yeah. This we're saying is all and only connection to the godly soul? We're talking now about the godly soul. There's the animal soul part also. We just didn't get there yet. Tanya is very, very um, methodical. 
So these chapters now, which we learned, Beis, Gimel, Dalit, and Hey, these four chapters are focused on the godly soul. Then we're going to turn around and see how it plays itself out in the animal soul. But meanwhile, meanwhile we're talking about the godly soul and this form of expression. There, it's interesting, um, if we see a tombstone. What are the letters on the bottom of a tombstone? Anybody notice there's like five? The right, there's like five mysterious letters there. They're Tuf, Nun, Sadik, Beis, Hey. And that's an acronym for Tehei Nishmaso or Nishmasa Tsirora Bitsror Hachaim. That may this soul be bound up in the internal bond of life, which is really based on a Pusik. It's in Shmuel, where um, um, this is said about, about uh, David HaMelech. That the soul should be bound up, surrounded with Hashem. What does that mean? And again, it's, it's interesting that that became the phrase on the bottom of a, of a tombstone. That the soul should be bound up, should be totally enveloped in Hashem. That envelopment within Hashem is what we accomplish throughout our lifetime. Every time we invest our soul in Torah, in a mitzvah, in a thought of mitzvah, in words of Torah, or in actions of mitzvahs. What we're doing again is we have our soul, we have our way of understanding, we have our way of feeling, and we express that and invest that in Hashem's Torah mitzvahs. So ultimately what we're doing is we're enveloping and surrounding ourselves with Hashem, every part of us. Interestingly, how many mitzvahs do we have? 613, right? Good. 613, 613 mitzvahs. Es Hashem, I think the Pasuk finishes. I don't have the Pasuk in front of me. But yeah, the bond of life, which is Hashem. Now, we have, there are 613 mitzvahs. Why are there 613 mitzvahs? Or I shouldn't ask that. But what do the 613 mitzvahs correspond to? Okay. 613 parts of our body. It says there's 248 positive commandments, 365 negative commandments, which correspond to 248 limbs and 365 sinews. Right? Whatever those, Whatever are. those are, right? <laughs> but somehow there's, there's 613 parts of the body that are corresponding with the mitzvahs. Now, Kabbalah says that just like the body is made up of those 613 parts, so is the soul. There are 613 soul powers, each one connected with one aspect of the body. And when is one fully complete? When they connect with every one of the mitzvahs. Every part of us connects with a certain mitzvah. There's even svarim that talk about which part to what mitzvah. Don't quiz me on that. But every part of us reaches its fullest connection to Hashem by the involvement with that mitzvah, which creates a problem because we can't do a lot of the mitzvahs nowadays, mm -hmm. especially because there's, you know, without a Besamikdash and without Eretz Yisrael in his fullest uh, glory. Um, and then there's the mitzvahs of the man and the woman. So there's all types of ways of dealing with this. Uh, one concept is that we learn about all the mitzvahs, whether we are able to do them or not. When we learn the Torah of the mitzvah, that connects us to the mitzvah as well. And then there's the concept of a man and a woman, that it's one soul, the husband and wife, and their mitzvahs work for each other. So there's different ways how it works. But the concept is that in order for our soul to reach its shlemus, or to reach its tikkun, to reach its completeness, 
is by being fully connected and enveloped with Hashem. Every part of us gets connected and enveloped by Hashem by the mitzvah that's specifically connected with that part. Is there like a sefer that tells you those things? There is. And the name is? That tells you which things? It tells you what part of the body is connected to Right. You. So there is, there is a sefer, a Kabbalah sefer like that, and I'm not remembering the name now. Blinader, if I remember, I'll look it up for you. There is such a safer in Kabbalah that deals with the parts of the body and the mitzvahs and which mitzvahs go where, right? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, one time I had this thing with my eye. You have to talk louder because oh, yeah. they're here. One time I had something with my eye, and I called my brother in Israel, and he said, make sh- and, and, and Mayor and I both had something with our eye. And he said, make sure that you have red wine for Havdalah. He said it's an Indian that if something if you have something with your eyes that you ha- you should you shouldn't do it on grape juice but red wine. Mm-hmm. What happened? So Baruch Hashem, things are good. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, it wasn't anything dangerous. Okay. It was really scary. And then the other thing was once I fell and I hurt my foot, and my brother, someone else said to me that's connected to tzedakah. I don't know that you should be careful. Was it a fundraiser? <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know if this is, if, if like, you know, you, you have to check the couple of the same but, yeah, like, but it was just interesting. Of the soul, what? The English book. Which one? Called the Anatomy of the Soul. Could be, could be. So yeah. have you ever heard of that? Those particular connections, I don't, no, rem- I don't remember, I don't okay, remember. But it's interesting, really, the concept of Gilgul, you know, one of the big concepts that Rizal taught a lot about was Gilgul, which is reincarnation. The basic idea behind reincarnation is that when a person didn't um, fully connect or correct certain parts of themselves or their neshama, that's why they come down to the world again. Because they didn't become fully yet enveloped and connected to Hashem, and they come down again to complete it. In fact, there's a pasuk we say in Tehillim, Torah Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh, which literally means Hashem's Torah is complete, and it sates the soul. The Rizal read it, Torah Hashem Tamima. Hashem's Torah is supposed to make us fully complete. And because we don't sometimes get it right, Mishivas Nefesh, the soul is returned to the world again. So we come around again to make sure we become Tamima, to become complete. Because completeness is when my 613 parts of my soul corresponding to the 613 parts of my body are all connected with the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah in the most complete way. So what we have here again, all this is coming together to tell us we have our soul. Our soul expresses itself in these actions, in these thoughts, in these words of mitzvahs and Torah. And through that, our soul becomes surrounded and connected fully to Hashem. And that's the idea of the Tzror HaChaim and other such words um, he brings from Tilim, he brings a number of Sukim. The Pasuk says um, that, that Hashem's Ratzon, Hashem's will, surrounds us like an armor. And on, on a literal level and connected to today's situation also, how the mitzvahs of Hashem are protection like armor, just like this physical body armor that protects us, the mitzvahs protect us as well. But Kabbalistically means more than just the protection from, from bullets, which is very important, obviously, but it means that it surrounds us in Ruchnius. So we become fully enveloped by Hashem, which, and then again, like at the end of that person's life, when you write the that the hope is that at this point already, they're fully enveloped and fully surrounded by Hashem in every aspect of their being because of their involvement in mitzvahs and Torah in every different aspect that there is. So this concept 
that the soul expresses itself through the mitzvahs that we do, expresses this connection to Hashem, becomes connected to Hashem through the mitzvahs that we do, um, is also, and I touched on this before, but I want, I want to say it again, is also the idea that our Ahavas Hashem really expresses itself most in mitzvahs. When is Ahavas Hashem true? I love Hashem. I just have this tremendous feeling of love for Hashem. When is that love real? When it expresses itself in doing the things that Hashem wants. Because if I, if I truly love Hashem, I want to connect to Him. And how do I connect to Him? By doing what He said. He said to keep Shabbos. He said to eat kosher. He said to give tzedakah. So, my Ahavas, someone's asking a question. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll see it in a moment. Um, his the, the Ava of my soul is expressed in all the mitzvahs that I do. Yiras Hashem, fear of Hashem, is expressed primarily in not doing Averas. If I fear Hashem and have the proper fear of Hashem, and of course fear of Hashem doesn't mean that Hashem is going to hit me over the head, we're talking about something deeper than that. We're talking about a, fear, a feeling of awe, a feeling of trepidation, a feeling of not wanting to rebel in Hashem. All of that expresses itself in not going against Hashem's will. So again, so my, my avas Hashem, my deep feelings of love, my deep emotions are being expressed in actions, in words, in thoughts. My fear of Hashem is also being expressed in not doing the Averis, in being careful from doing the Averis. So what you have here in everything that we're learning about is that although till now we talked about the soul and its beauty and its greatness, it's through its expressions that it actually becomes Surrounded by Hashem and and his, his Hashem through his Torah and mitzvahs. That's the opening of this chapter, really the first half of this Perik, Perik Dalit. But then he brings us to a very, very interesting place. So what's greater, our soul or its expressions? What's more powerful? If we have the last two chapters, we have the soul powers, the wisdom, understanding, knowledge, uh, kindness, severity. And today we're talking about thought, speech, and deed. If we're going to weigh them. Which is greater, which is more powerful? Our, our, the makeup of our soul or the expressions of our soul? What would... Okay, so, so the, 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 the intuitive, I would think, I, I, although I, I'm hearing with the table different people saying different things, which is fine, but one, I think the first thought would probably be, just let's think about ourselves. There's us and there's our clothing. What's more significant, ourselves or our clothing? Ourselves. Ourselves, I would hope. Right? Because there's me, and then, well, I, I choose to express myself through these pair of clothing today and another pair of clothing tomorrow. So if expressions are garments, they're more external, they're not really us, they're just the way we express ourselves. So one might think that the expressions are somewhat lesser valuable or important or significant than the soul makeup, the makeup of the soul itself. But he's, in this chapter, he argues the point and says to the contrary, which is, I think, what you're saying. And he's saying that no. True. When you think about this, the makeup of the soul versus the garments, so the makeup of the soul is, is me and the garments is just garments. But when you talk about the godly soul, what's, what are those garments? Those garments are the thought, speech, and deed of Torah and mitzvahs. You just said that because of that, it takes us into the next world. That's exactly. So, so the thought, speech, of deed of Torah and mitzvahs is what connects us fully with Hashem himself. So in other words, on the one hand, we have, we have my God. 
Yeah. Yes, yeah. But you, I mean, you can't you can't have those garments without having yeah, the garments. The, 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 no question. No question. No question. In other words, like what do you mean? What's more important? You like, can't dress. Care. They're both important. Right. <laughs> everything is fully important, and we're not doing away with anything. The point that he's making here is that the soul needs the expressions of the soul in order to fully connect to Hashem, who is way beyond the soul. So there's my soul with my understanding and my feelings, and I have deep-rooted feelings for Hashem and deep understanding and so on and so forth. But to actually connect to Hashem is actually the garments of Torah and mitzvahs. So the soul gains tremendously by that by being invested in those seemingly external thought, speech, and deed, because that's what actually connects me to Hashem Himself. And that's the point he says over here. He says it very beautifully. He says that even though... Let me see if I can find it quickly. Right. He says, even though the three garments are only called garments to the soul... Nevertheless, they bring the soul to a place that's infinitely greater than the soul, where the soul is on its own. Because as great as we might be, and as deep as we might be, and as spiritual as we might be, we're human. And therefore, we're limited. When we go ahead and do a mitzvah, when we learn words of Torah, say words of tefillah, give tzedakah, we just left the human realm and enclosed ourselves in Hashem. So the, it's, our, it's our external expressions that bring us to a much greater place than where we can ever be on without them. This, this goes into a very basic, uh, important philosophical thing about the importance of the actual deed, of just doing the actual mitzvah and saying the actual words of Torah, the actual words of tefillah, because even though it's just an external act, it's just a deed, I did something, I said something, it's, that, it's only through that that one becomes enclosed in Hashem Himself. Is that why, like, um, I see people who like die or jealous of people who are on this earth, like, because they can't do that? Exactly. So you can't get closer to Hashem when you're in Shemaim. Exactly, and he references that in this chapter. What, what, is, what did he, you say? Like, when you die, like, they say that people are jealous of everyone on this world, so it's because you can't get closer to Hashem in the next world because you can't do it. In other words, even though when someone passes away, their soul, in a sense, is in a higher place and more spiritual and so on and so forth. So on the personal experience, they're experiencing maybe a greater level, but they can't do the actual mitzvah. And the actual mitzvah is connecting with Hashem Himself, which is why it says that the departed souls look down to us, and when we do a mitzvah for them, and give tzedakah for them, we do something for them, they're tremendously appreciative because we give them something that they can't have there. Only we, although it's, 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 it's like a big deal, I just did it. It's just, it's, it was an external thing. But those external things is where Hashem invested himself. So if a person doesn't complete their mission in this world by connecting all these parts, okay. and, some, and, and they pass away and somebody does miss before them, mm-hmm. okay, does that mean that that soul, when it's reincarnated, has those mitzvahs too and doesn't have to come back to complete those things? Okay, that's a good question. I don't know the answer wow. to that question. In other words, in other words only, only Hashem knows the exact cheshbon of every person, of what they need and how much they got and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, we know that we can help a departed soul and there's a tremendous amount of sources for that in Torah. 
that when we do things for a departed soul, especially someone who's connected to us, that has an impact and helps them in their fulfilling what they need to fulfill. How does that affect their reincarnation, resurrection? I don't know the answer to these questions. I don't know if there are answers that we know clearly, but I know that I don't know them. <laughs> Aren't they just sitting there connected, like in connection with Hashem? Yeah, so in other words, no, they're they're a, pre- a soul who passes on is appreciating and, uh, and um, uh, receiving from all the connections that they made in this world. At the same time, the question is maybe some connections weren't made yet, and that's why there needs some additional help through someone here or through coming back. And again, this is Hashem's big cheshbon on how all the souls work them out, themselves out. But going back to what you said, that's why it says in Pirkei Avos, it says, achas hazeh. One hour of being able to do tshuva or good deeds in this world is greater mikol olam haba. Greater than all the wonderful spirituality and holiness that a soul will experience in heaven. Now there's greater power in what we do here over all the great revelation that there is up there. And he quotes that in this chapter in reference to this uh, discussion that we're having. The power and the significance of the garments that connect us to Hashem himself. But is that hour here... We only feel the significance of that hour there. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, we're able to appreciate there what we accomplish here. So really, that's a place of appreciation. This is a place of creation. Here we create it, and there we're able to see and appreciate what we receive, which, as you're saying, is kind of frustrating. (laughs) Right. But not necessarily more. Exactly. And the same Mishnah in Pirkei Avo says, it says, one hour in this world is greater than all Olam Abba, and one hour of pleasure there is greater than all the pleasures of this world. Which means that's a world of appreciation, of clarity. This is a world where we're able to do it and get it done through the Torah mitzvahs that were given Dafka in this world. When Mashiach will come, it should be very speedily, that's when all that comes together in this world. And then we have the appreciation of what we're doing, and that's why it's one of the reasons why we're waiting for it, right? because that brings it all together in its, in its fullest way. So, so the true revelation of it will be revealed. Correct. The, the full revelation of everything we've been accomplishing and will accomplish then is fully revealed in this world ultimately, and that's when Mashiach will come. Sorry, one more question. So, like, um, I'm not applauding myself or anything, but I'm like, there's a woman and she was in the shop and I'm like, she needed to get back to Park Plaza and I'm thinking to myself, of course, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take her. It's like five minutes and for her it's a taxi. It's this. But, but I could say, I'm doing this because I'm going to connect to Hashem and this is a wonderful thing and I should do it, you know, but I could just say, oh, I just did it and then give myself credit for it. You know, like how do you... I mean, does it count? Right. Like, does it, like, you know, it's like... You know, like if someone doesn't have expression for, you know, doing whatever it is that they're doing, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, does that, is it still relevant to them? You know? Do you mind saying the question once more? Yeah, I didn't understand it. Oh, I did. Can I just say it? Yeah. Okay. Do you have to, okay, she's picking up this, she's she's in the, she's taking this lady back to Park Plaza, Park Plaza. So she says, I'm, I'm taking this lady back to my, you know, my Kavana here is, you know, not only am I taking her back, but I'm I'm creating connection with Hashem in this way. Okay, is it that the same as taking the lady back to Park Plaza and just them helping her out, as opposed to having kavana that you're doing it? Okay, or so, expressing it. So you're asking, 
The power of mitzvahs, how much is it dependent on the kavana of the mitzvah? Is really what you're asking. And that's a, an important question, and something that's dealt with in great length and time much later. About, because ultimately, a mitzvah is a mitzvah with or without kavana. You did a mitzvah, and therefore there's a connection created. The ability of appreciation of that, the more kavana there's there, the more we'll appreciate it. Later he talks about Kabbalistically, the mitzvah goes to a higher level and is appreciated on a higher level. But a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Um, the more kavana there's there, the more spirituality we're able to feel in, and, and the more connection we're able to actually feel in our mind and our heart. Um, and yeah, kavana is important, but it doesn't, cre- doesn't make or break the mitzvah. Is that included in that? Every mitzvah. Every mitzvah is a mitzvah. So saying Tehillim and just kind of is a mitzvah. The more kavana you put into it, the more spiritual and holy and more feeling you'll feel of that mitzvah. But the Abishur knows, like let's just say, the the, the Abishur knows that when Rachel is doing it, she may not have that, like, say it, but that's why she's doing it. Like, Abishur knows that. Okay. Right? That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. But again, but the more kavana we you know, in, imbue in the mitzvah or, yeah. or express in the mitzvah, the more of our neshama is actively involved in it. The mitzvah is a mitzvah. Again, no one's ever going to take away. Every mitzvah remains a mitzvah. But the more kavana we put into it, the more intention. And the same, there's a tefillah. We said before, you know, there's sidurim, everyone's reading the words. One person is just reading the words. One person is putting their heart and soul into it. it. They're experiencing it on a different level. Although the mitzvah of tefillah, both people fulfilled the mitzvah. And that is powerful, the mitzvah on its own. The more we put into it, the more meaningful it is for ourselves, the more expression of our neshama there is in it. Wait, so what's the purpose of Kavana? So it seems like, like not really that important. Like, meaning we feel it more, you're saying? So for sure, we feel it more. There's also more revelation brought into the world. And I, I'd like to put it off for later because there's chapters that deal with this later, but it's, it's a question of revelation. There's the essence and there's the revelation. Kavana is much more about revelation than the essence. We'll leave it at that for, for now. Um, I want one more point from this chapter, which is, so there's me and my soul, and I'm investing myself in the mitzvahs, right? So I'm, I have my feelings, I have my understanding, but I'm investing that in doing a mitzvah, and learning Torah, and davening, and not doing an avera. So I'm investing myself in these mitzvahs, which are external expressions, garments, thoughts, speech, and deed. The mitzvah itself is also a garment for Hashem. Hashem enclosed himself into his mitzvahs. You have to think about it. There's really a double garment going on over here. I am doing an external act, and in that external act, Hashem is fully invested and expressed. It's so hard to understand. What does that mean? Yeah. Why does he need garments? Okay, why he needs... Why Hashem does things... Let's leave to the side for a minute. Why Hashem is something else? But there is, the Zara says, and he quotes that here, the Zara says, which means that Hashem is one with his Torah and with his Ratzon, with his, um, with his will, his mitzvot. Hashem says, when you study Torah, you're taking me into yourself. I have fully invested myself into these ideas. I think a, a something we've mentioned here in the past is what's the very first word that Hashem told us as a nation? Was Anochi. Right? What does Anochi mean? I. 
But Anochi is also an acronym for the words Ana Nafshi Ksavis Yehovis, which means I have invested myself into these words. So that when you learn these words, you have me in those words that you're learning. And the same is when you do a mitzvah. A mitzvah is Hashem's ratzon, Hashem's will, Hashem's desire. So when I'm doing a mitzvah, what am I enclosing myself in? Hashem's ratzon, in Hashem's desire. So here, we think about it. Let's think about it in this way. There's, there's me, the person, and there's Hashem in heaven. We want to create this, uh, we want to connect. That's what it's all about. I want to connect to Hashem. I want to become fully enveloped surrounded by Hashem, by godliness, by holiness. What am I doing? I'm doing a mitzvah. What is that mitzvah? It's a garment in which I'm expressing or enveloping myself, that action, those words. And that same mitzvah is a garment which Hashem enveloped himself in. So that external act, and again, a mitzvah can be a very simple external act. It's as simple as I gave a person some tzedakah. I did bikr cholim. I brought, I brought the woman to Park Plaza. Whatever it is, I did a mitzvah. Now that's, it's just an act. It's just something that happened. Is it so meaningful? Is it so deep? Is it so spiritual? I got into the car and I picked her up and we went. Right? But that external physical act, I expressed myself in it, I enveloped myself in it, in it. I, I did it, I got totally involved in it, and Hashem did too. And that's where we meet Hashem. That's where Creator meets the created, and that's where a person becomes, as we said before, Nishmasai Sreira B'Sreir Hashem. He becomes fully enveloped with Hashem. That this is why it makes that connection. Because it's Hashem's Ratzon. Hashem put himself, invested him in this act, invested himself in this act. I'm investing myself in that act. That act and me are becoming one. That act is one with Hashem. That's the connection. That's the Yichud. That's that connection that happens when we learn an idea in Torah, when we say words of tefillah, when we do a mitzvah. In fact, he says something very beautiful. He says, people look at a mitzvah as something so physical, so, so plain. How am I connecting to Hashem, the creator of all creation and, and spiritual and holy and godly and all that, and in something so simple? So he uses a very simplistic metaphor. He says, a king, you want to connect to the king, but the king is wearing clothes. And let's say a person comes close to the king. Let's say a person hugs the king. Someone say, well, I didn't really hug the king because it was through the king's clothing. Right? When one is invested in their clothing, that means they are expressed in those clothing. It's not less kingly because the king is wearing clothing. <laughs> right? And he makes that much. He says, he says, that's the story of Torah. He says, I'll show you the words. He says, there's no difference. in hefresh, b'maylis, well, one say, well, I didn't get that close to the king because of the winter, so he was wearing a coat. So I didn't have such a real relationship of connection to the king because he was wearing a coat plus a sweater. Right? The coat, the sweater, the shirt, that doesn't make it less king. The king is expressing himself through them. And he says that's what Torah mitzvahs are. Although they're physical and although they're very sometimes limited and they don't seem so great, they're manifestations, expressions. Hashem says, yeah, I want to be there in that very physical act. That's my sweater. That's my coat. And when you surround yourself in those mitzvahs, you are being hugged, says Hashem, by me. That's he, what I was, was going to ask you. 
I was going to say that that it's not just that we hug Hashem, but Hashem is hugging it, us. Right. right, and he talks about both of them. He talks about our hugging Hashem and Hashem hugging us, and all that is that connection that's created through these external expressions of thought, speech, and deed. And that is, in short, the concept of this parik. So I feel it's a little bit abstract, the, the way we're saying it over here, but what's important to understand is, whereas last week we were talking about the, the actual build of our soul, today we're talking about the way our soul expresses itself in external things, like the thought, speech, and deed, seemingly external. But on the other hand, he told us, that those external expressions are the ones through whom we really connect to Hashem Himself. And therefore He says the external garments, though they're external, they're only garments, right? The, the, we can't really change our soul powers. We can change our garments all the time. What I do today, I don't have to do tomorrow, and I can decide not to do it. I don't have to talk tomorrow. So thought, speech, indeed are external. Yet they're the garments that enable us to express and connect to Hashem Himself through the Torah and mitzvahs, that in turn, Hashem chose to express Himself in, in that connection to us. So with this, he finishes the uh, three chapters where he goes through the basic three steps of the soul, the essence of the soul, the soul powers, and today the garments of the soul, which the soul uses in order to connect and become enveloped with Hashem, which is really the idea of the Torah and mitzvahs, to connect to Hashem, totally connect our, so far we're talking about the godly soul through the garments of the soul. You know, I was thinking, I never thought of this before, but when you asked that question, Raquel, 